sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is MJ Rawls. We are talking all about Avengers Infinity War today, so here is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen it yet, pause this right now, go see it, and then resume this. But MJ, how are you doing today? Pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you? I am doing well. You know, I think you and I have some similar feelings on this movie. I've been seeing a lot of people praising it and really enjoying it, but you and I have a few problems with it. So I think what we should start with here is we should just start with the massive amount of characters that we see in this movie. Do you feel like they at least balance the screen time fairly well? When I, okay, so when my friend and I, we've, so it's three of us, like, we've basically seen every single MCU movie together. So like, this is kind of like the, you know, the culmination of 18 movies. And when we got out of the movie theater, we didn't, we couldn't really talk about what we saw because there was so much that happened. Right. Like, we were like, hey, so like, what do you think of the movie? Like, what what's the rating? We were like, I don't know, dude, we're gonna have to sleep on it. I still haven't rated it. <laughs> yeah, like, because if everybody got screen time, I realized this is a two and a half hour movie. If you wanted to get everybody's screen time, it would be like four hours. I think kind of going over it, maybe the people who are essential to story got screen time. But there were like some characters there that I wish got more of the story, Um, specifically Captain America. Uh, I thought that he was just kind of. He was there for a couple minutes and then he was gone and then like he would show up and like, oh, he's here. Cool. And then he was gone again. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, there were some more than others. I, I get that the Russo brothers had an insurmountable challenge on their hands, but I don't know. Like I, I this movie brings out like a lot of feelings like and it's kind of like you, you go back to it and you're like, wow, uh. All right, what did I just watch? All right, like who showed up and stuff like that. Yeah, so like I think for the most part, but there were like parts where I'm like, ah oh, man, I, I kind of wish I would have heard more from this character. Yeah, I totally know what you mean by saying that Cap would just kind of show up here and there. It really did feel like him and Black Widow and everyone he brought back with him, they were more just there to fight. And there wasn't really a whole lot of plot going on with their storyline whereas with guardians and them teaming up with thor we got a lot more plot in that same with doctor strange and iron man and spider-man and even the hulk for a brief period there more so just bruce banner because that's something else we are probably going to talk about in a bit here but i think having groups of characters in different places helped a little bit with getting more of a balance between the different plot lines that they were following because in the end everything did lead back to Thanos being on Earth so they sort of just gave you bits and pieces and sort of put it all together for you at the end yeah I mean like in an instance we got a whole like Thor rocket and Groot side quest right like like, it was like a bigger part of the movie than I initially thought it was going to be. 
And there were some like plot lines there. Maybe they'll touch it on it on Avengers four. Um, but there was like the Bruce Banner Black Widow scene where they've seen each other. It's been years since they've seen each other. And you know, like there was like kind of like the love storyline that they were going. There was like, hey. And then they were like, hey. And and then that was it. And then like there was like the Tony Captain America thing where he was gonna call him and he didn't. And I just kind of wanted to like Captain America shows up like in all his valor and stuff like that, but I kind of wanted to a little bit more about that because eventually these guys are going to have to come together. Eventually these guys are going to have to kind of cross the bridges that they've burnt for each other. And I kind of wanted a little bit more leading up to that, but I understand like it's, you got to fit so much in two and a half hours. So like maybe, maybe we'll get more, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of the things that, that were running through my mind as I was like watching the movie. Yeah. Plus, we knew characters were definitely going to die in this film. So why don't we go ahead and talk about the deaths that are actually permanent in this? Because the way this movie went, you definitely have characters who are not coming back. But then you have these characters where we know they're kind of the future of the MCU, so they can't c- completely be gone just yet. And right off the bat, when the movie starts, it's almost like we're getting a Thor Ragnarok sequel for a brief period of time, <laughs> because it pretty much picks up right where that film left off, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, so you had Thor there. He was he got beat up. And then uh, you had Loki appear and give Thanos the Tesseract. And then he, he got that Infinity Stone and whatnot. And then Loki, in an act of selflessness, tries to go after Thanos. I don't understand why he would try to go after him with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm like, okay. He has two Infinity Stones already. So he kills him. He beats the hell out of Hulk. Uh, <laughs> right. That was kind of, I was like, well, wow, all right. Uh, now... It showed how, like, imposing Thanos is. Like, he beats Hulk so bad that for the duration of the movie, Hulk doesn't even want to come out anymore. Right. Bruce has, like, this whole, like, hey, come on, like, help me out. Hulk's like, I'm I'm good. (laughs) Like, I'm not even going to. And then, so Loki dies, and then uh, Hemrick dies, too. And Thor just, yeah, Thor just. uh, You mean Heimdall? Yeah, Heimdall, my bad. Um, I always forget how to pronounce his name. (laughs) So many weird names in the Thor movies. I totally understand that it is hard to keep track. <laughs> and then they throw, and then they throw Hulk, and he he gets thrown to Earth and whatnot. The beginning of the movie uh, really like was the best part for me as far as Thanos, and like like really like setting the tone as in like okay like this is Marvel has been criticized for like not having imposing villains. And he kills two people right off the bat. And you're like, all right, he's another animal. And plus he has the Black Order with him. And Ebony Maul, which is another kind of like highlight for me in the movie, is there. And he's like, let him have his fun. And it, which was funny. But like, I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, Thanos means business. Yeah, exactly. And I totally agree with you that that opening scene really did set the tone for his character because then 
later on, you know, killing Loki and Heimdall for him, that was nothing. <laughs> and later on, we see him with Gamora and they're going to go retrieve the soul stone and he has to trade a soul in order to get it and since she is the only one with him you know that's a pretty obvious conclusion there and he just throws her off the top of the mountain basically and she falls to her death and you know i think this one upset me more because i was banking on it being nebula that he killed off just because he sort of treated her a lot worse than Gamora at times because she's basically just a robot because of him. Oh yeah. I just, he loved Gamora though. And I think the basis of his backstory of the movie was, you know, going to Gamora's planet, basically killing everyone, but like telling Gamora not to look like giving her like the knife to kind of balance and training her to be like one of the best warriors in the galaxy. Gamora, to me, was the the biggest emotional piece in the story. She brought brevity and she brought like this this heaviness to Thanos' story. Like I'll give credit to Josh Brolin, uh, although it's like you know Thanos' CGI. He gave you know he gave like an emotional aspect to uh, Thanos. And when they're at the mountaintop, and <laughs> all of a sudden, like like a Red Skull comes back. Which was, I was like, oh, wow, that's where he's been for all this time? Like, just kind of hanging out there? Uh, and then he says, like, like where, like, you're crying, like, where's, you know, like, why are the tears? And he's like, those tears aren't for him. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to do it, isn't he? And, he, yeah, and then Gamora dies, and I felt like, I don't know, like, this scene, like, was kind of like, the end, I had a little bit of, of problems with, and I'm sure that we'll, like, talk about it. Yeah, but, like, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but, like, this was kind of, like, the, this was kind of the hardest scene for, like, and I don't know, like, in your theater, that were people, there was, like, two people that gasped next to us. Like, <gasps> like it, I'm like, oh, man, like, it, it hit hard. Like, there was, like, two... Um, there were two kids and then there were like like two girls who were watching it and the girls were like, oh my God. Like, and I'm like, wow. So Thanos, his plot line, he's basically going to do this by any means. And that means killing basically his daughter. Like he's going to sacrifice everything for this like conquest of, I guess, balancing the universe. And I'm like, wow. All right, cool. The, the stakes are upped. I think this death was the one that is going to impact the MCU the most going forward because, you know, yes, Loki was in Avengers and the Thor movies, and he's kind of gone from being a thorn in Thor's side to actually being a decent person. But with Gamora, I feel like that just changes the whole dynamic for the Guardians movies going forward. And we do have Guardians 3 coming up, so we know at least a good majority of the team is going to be back for that. But, you know, then in the third act, I believe the only permanent death we have there is Vision because Thanos rips the stone, the Mind Stone, right out of his head. And 
like you said, we will discuss the ending ending in a bit because I definitely want to go into some details on that and then like what we could see in Avengers 4 and everything like that. But with Vision, you see him just turn from his, you know, red and green color to sort of this gray stony color as soon as the Mind Stone is taken out of his head. Vision and Scarlet Witch's arc in the movie I mean, they gave it a little bit of time and whatnot. Like, there was, like, this, like, forbidden love, like, because he has the Mind Stone, and they kind of know that, like, it, they can't permanently be together because, like, Vision has this thing, and eventually somebody's going to be coming for it. So what my problem is is that, like, you know, you see in the comics and whatnot, Scarlet Witch is really, really powerful. Vision even hints at this. Like, her power is basically like an Infinity Stone. There was a scene in the Wakanda scene where she's up, like, uh, watching Shuri, like, help Vision out. And then she comes down and fights. And then, like, the heroes look at each other like, why didn't she just come down sooner? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, Vision, to me, there's this whole problem with Tony that I have. And I think, like, it kind of goes back into vision tony to me is a big is a big reason why we're here tony has made decisions throughout the mcu including vision that has gotten all the heroes into trouble and it usually deals with his anxiety it comes to a head in the movie but like vision is basically the one of the embodiments of Tony's mistakes, Tony's failures, Tony's mistake was Ultron. So he had, they had to, you know, make vision and, and vision came and whatnot and had the infinity stone. Well, vision gets taken to Wakanda and whatnot. That brings Thanos to earth. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like when I was looking at the movie, I'm like, I don't really understand why anybody's really listening to Tony anymore. He, 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 like, retired three times, uh, and every decision that he's led up to this point is basically covering a mistake, which makes things worse. So, like, I felt for Vision, and I'm like, dude, like, your fate has basically been sealed from the minute you were made in Ultron. We didn't really get to see Vision's power and whatnot, and, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like when I talk about a lot about this movie, like, that aspect, like, everybody kind of forgets that aspect. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And as far as the permanent deaths go, I don't think there's really any way for them to bring back those characters and be able to give a good explanation for that. And while losing Gamora definitely hurts the MCU the most, and fans probably too... It's just one of those things where we knew it was going to have to happen. But why don't we go ahead and talk about that ending scene there? And we'll kind of backtrack after this. But because we're talking about these deaths and Vision, it kind of leads right into that. And, you know, once he gets the Mind Stone from Vision, he has all of the Infinity Stones. So all he has to do is snap his fingers and half of the population is gone. And even though Thor has this giant new axe, which we'll talk a little bit about that 
later too because that's kind of the whole reason for Thor's side journey and everything in the movie but he throws the axe and it goes right into Thanos and even Thanos is like you should have aimed for my head basically and he's (laughs) able to snap his fingers still so we see all of these characters just going to ashes basically and my problem with this and someone pointed this out to me too it's like they left all of the original avengers that we sort of started out with so we you know you lose falcon you lose spider-man you lose doctor strange i believe and you're losing all of these characters and some of them we even lose black panther too which it's like okay that movie just made them all the money before (laughs) this one so we know that they're not going to let characters like black panther and spider-man stay dead and i think that was one of my biggest issues with the movie because it's like they did kill off a few people but none of them were the characters that i was i wouldn't say hoping that they would kill off but it's like you kind of feel like at this point either Tony or Cap or both of them will end up dying because they've been doing this so long and, uh, you know, we know contracts are up too. So it's one of those things you're like, okay, well, where are they going with this? Because how many people are actually going to believe them that Spider-Man and Black Panther and Doctor Strange and all of these other characters are actually dead? See, that's the problem with them uh, announcing that there was going to be a Spider-Man 2 uh, like there was going to be a Spider-Man sequel and that that they were looking at making a Black Panther sequel as well. Right. And then they made like, all right, well, you know, uh, James Gunn like talked about, all right, well, I'm working on Guardians 3. So when these deaths happened, there was an initial shock for me, but I'm like, all right, well, they're coming back anyway. There's no way there's no way you're going to kill Tom Holland off. He's contracted for how many spider-man movies yeah and then like black panther i'm like okay black panther's definitely not staying in bed and they introduced those two characters in civil war so we know for a fact that you don't wait until civil war to introduce these characters just to kill them off a few movies later each exactly this especially with this spider-man is like the reformation of like spider-man movies and like what you mentioned Black Panther made them a ton of money, so he's not going to die. So it did take a little bit of the sting off because when I went into the movie, I'm like, all right, we've been through 10 years of this, 18 movies. Thanos is supposed to be the big bad. He's supposed to bring a reckoning. That means that one of the big guys are going to have to die. We're going to have to lose one of them. Like, in order for me to feel like that emotional weight. And when that happened, I'm like, oh, all right. Well, well, we got, you know, Avengers OG. Uh, and I know there's a theory going around where, like, once time course corrects itself, um, maybe we'll get everybody back. And then Tony Cap and Thor will die because they were there when, I guess, he snapped his fingers and then like time has to correct itself and they're sacrificing themselves. But it took a little bit of this thing away from me. Like I was just like, all right, well they, they kind of went the easy route 
and took the characters away that we knew were coming back. So, and also it ended on a cliffhanger. There are like numerous interviews where the Russo brothers said, okay, well, we're changing the title. It's not going to be part one and part two. These are going to be two separate movies and we don't intend on ending on a cliffhanger, which exactly what the movie did. It, it it's like all right we'll come back for part two next year uh all right well if it's supposed to be two different stories or two separate stories i i don't know if i felt i still thought the movie was good overall like don't get me wrong right but i don't know if did you feel cheated at some, some point i'm like all right well i'm not, like it's we're obviously gonna get these characters back and like it's ending on a cliffhanger so basically Avengers 4 is essentially part two. Yeah, I think I was fairly disappointed with the ending when I was walking out of the theater. And then, you know, I've saved all of these reviews in Instapaper that I have yet to read. But it seems like a lot of people have really enjoyed this. And I do think the movie was really strong pretty much up until the moment that Thanos snapped his fingers. So it's one of those things for me where... I know that they're going to undo a lot of what they did, but as far as the temporary deaths go, you know, seeing Peter just like run towards Tony and give him a hug and then start disappearing and say, I'm sorry. I feel like that was emotional more from Tony's aspect though, because you know that that is something that is going to really get to Tony because he was trying to protect Peter that entire time. And I think that was probably one of the more powerful moments with these temporary deaths, You can, I guess you can call them, because there's no way there's going to be a Spider-Man sequel and they're going to leave Tom Holland dead after this movie. <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. Um, if you, like, everybody, I don't, Spider-Man Homecoming was basically like a mentor movie. It was basically like this young kid in high school who has his powers, and then Tony Stark, who was kind of reckless in Iron Man, um, and then learning, all right, well, I, I have to do things for a purpose, basically teaching that to Peter, basically like saying, like, there's a time and a place, and then there's a responsibility with your powers. So, yeah, he's kind of like his surrogate son. And with you know, them failing on Titan and him disappearing in front of his eyes. It was like coming to a head for Tony. Like Tony has, uh, I think he, I think he says as he's fighting Thanos, like I've been waiting for this for six years or something like that. You've been in my head for six years. So like, the source of his anxiety and, and, you know, like he has the dream and adventures Ultron, um, Iron Man three, he's, he has anxiety over it and it hurts him and Pepper's, uh, relationship there for a little bit. Like the one guy that would end all that anxiety and all that stuff, he lets slip through his fingers and now he loses his, like, you know, his, his son basically. And now like, you're not really sure if if Tony is going to completely break down or like give up or like this be the thing that drives him. And I think that 
Doctor Strange while they're on Titan where he's going through all the scenarios and he goes through that one scenario. I think that's what he saw. Yeah, and speaking of Tony, I want to quickly break down some of these plot lines that we have here. So we have Tony, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and some of the Guardians on Titan. And at first, you know, when they the, the main three first see some of the Guardians, they are fighting each other because they don't know who is who and they've never met before. So I thought, you know, that was a good way to add a little comedy into these very serious situations on the various planets that everyone is on. And we get this big moment where Thanos shows up and, you know, Doctor Strange has the time stone. So he is trying to keep that safe and he gives Thanos a fake stone, I believe. And then later on, he finally gets hold of the real one because, you know, he's about to kill Tony. And even though Doctor Strange said earlier in the movie that if it comes between you, the kid, and the stone, I'm going to pick the stone every time. And he doesn't do that. So I'm guessing this is all part of his plan because then he makes a comment after about them sort of having a way to end things. So that one line from Doctor Strange made me think that he kind of knew what he was doing. And that's why I think at the end there too, the deaths, it was like, okay, well, we'll be seeing some of these characters again anyway, because, you know, Doctor Strange seemed to have this all planned out because he was able to look into the future and see what was it like 14 million different outcomes and there was only one situation where they win yeah i thought of you know that's interesting i thought about that too and i'm like all right well you know he saw the scenario so he gave thanos the time stone where tony was actually yeah like so tony was actually about to die he gets stabbed and I'm like, all right, well, there's got to be something more to this. Like, is there a curse on the time stone? Is, like, is the time stone going to backfire uh, when Thanos uses it? Uh, like, what? And, and that's the big question going into four. Like, what did, what did Doctor Strange see? Like, what yeah. what is his motivation here? Like, you don't willingly just, uh, I, I wouldn't picture, especially with how frosty him and Tony's relationship is, you don't really kind of willingly give up the time stone. Like, there's got to be, like, a motivation behind it. Maybe it's the kick in the ass that Tony needs to, like, finally get him and Cap and everybody else on the same page to, to go fight Thanos or whatnot. I don't know. But, like, that was interesting to me. Yeah, so I think, you know, we'll have a little bit more speculation on Avengers 4 when we get to the end of this here. But I do want to talk about, like I said, that little side mission for Thor, because Thor's axe plays a huge role in the third act of the film. So you have him traveling to this place that, you know, Rocket got really excited about because he thought it was only a myth, pretty much. And this is where... There's a dwarf star, I believe, and it is used to make some of the biggest and best weapons in the universe, basically. And you have Peter Dinklage as, 
Itri, I want to say. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, because I don't recall how Thor pronounced it in the movie, if he even did. But he's this giant person. He's like 10 times the size of Thor. And (laughs) that alone just sort of added some comedy to this moment, even though, like I said, a lot of these moments are very serious because of the threat that Thanos poses. But you have Thor without his hammer. So he needs to wield some weapon so that he can basically be the god of thunder again. So he gets this axe that they call the Stormbreaker. And that's the one we see him throw into Thanos at the end of the movie. What did you think of this scene? Do you think this sort of fit in with everything they were trying to do? Because I really feel like since we started the movie with Thor, this really did just feel like an even bigger continuation of that moment too, because, you know, Thor watches him kill Heimdall and Loki right in front of him. So he has probably the biggest vendetta against Thanos right now, aside from Gamora and Nebula. I think there were like two trains of thought that I had, and I kind of like went back for this over and over and over again in my mind. There were okay, so when I initially got out the movie, I was like, okay, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more anger out of Thor because he kills those, like, dude, he, you killed his brother and his best friend. Like, why would you know what I mean? Like, why would you be joking? Blah blah blah. Like, but then I was like, oh, this is Thor from this is basically Thor from, from Ragnarok, and I like Thor from Ragnarok because he has a little bit more of a personality. Chris Hensworth actually gets to add. A little bit more to the character and it would be weird i guess to pair thor up with the guardians and then they're not to be humor because when they introduce the guardians they, they have the soundtrack <laughs> um they're basically like the humor of the movie right. and, and other than like a few uh, a few parts and stuff like that uh basically with you know the star lord and his arc We'll talk about him in a little bit. He's in, I, I hate him. But <laughs> did I think that the Stormbreaker scene ran, ran a little bit too long? A little bit. Because, like, I'm like, all right, we're on this journey to, like, for him to get the Stormbreaker. Did, did we really need, like, a whole, like, big time devotion to it? Like, I, you know what I mean? There were some parts were funny where he kept on calling Rocket like a rabbit. Right. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, most honorable rabbit. Like, it, like that's hilarious. But um, I don't know. Like, like, and then Thor comes down, like they come down to Wakanda and join the fight. And he just basically kind of obliterates most of, I, I guess, like, you know, the, I don't even know. What, what do you even call them? That, that what they brought down, like those, like. Eight-legged reptilian things. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. I think someone called them like dog aliens or something like yeah. that. Like they didn't even know what to call them themselves. Yeah, I, but like so, like two things. Like maybe I wanted a little bit more anger out of him, and then you do kind of get that like towards the end. But um, I, I, it did really drive home that Thor really like has come into his own because Thor one and two, like it was looked upon as like Thor. And the MCU was kind of like the weakest. You know what I mean? Like other than the Avengers movies, like he was kind of like the weakest. Thor is actually, I think he's going to be, like you said, like going to be a big 
apart going forward, especially because he has the weapon that that can kill Thanos. But um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like I enjoyed Thor. He was like one of the characters that I enjoyed the most. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that final third act mostly happens on Wakanda. So I think that's something that we definitely need to talk about with how big of a movie that Black Panther was. And, you know, I had been watching stuff and read plenty of interviews and stuff before this. And Chadwick Boseman was basically saying to people that it's not Black Panther 1.5. This is all its own thing. And I definitely see where he's coming from because this didn't feel like a Black Panther movie. It just happened to be that Wakanda was where the fight ended. And you have Shuri trying to take the Mind Stone out of Vision and save Vision, but he ends up getting out of there and she was unable to finish because members of the Black Order, you know, get up to the tower and everything. And then Wanda isn't there. And it's just this sort of big ordeal that ends up leading to Vision's death. But I still think that it was important for them to have Wakanda sort of be one of the settings for this movie, even if, you know, we didn't really get too terribly much screen time with Black Panther himself. I think just going there and being like, okay, Shuri is the person for this job. You know, she can do this. And you have Captain America being like, oh, yeah, I know where you can go to get this done sort of thing. So it's like it's becoming more common knowledge that Wakanda has all of this tech and everything because they've opened up Wakanda to the rest of the world. And you do get that funny moment where Okoye is like, you know, I was thinking maybe a Starbucks <laughs> or something like that. So you do still get some of that comedy in the third act too. Did you have a problem with like Wakanda kind of just being like a set piece that just gets destroyed at the end? You know, I think it had to be, somewhere that was going to be destroyed and i don't think they could have destroyed new york for the umpteenth time true so i think that is just a consequence of them having to go to wakanda to try and get the mind stone out of vision because there really isn't any other place where they could have done that and you aren't going to you know force Shuri to take all of her equipment somewhere else so she can work. And, you know, I do see where that could come across that way because it's like, okay, Black Panther just had this big hit with the movie and everything like that. And, oh, now we're just going to go destroy Wakanda pretty much. But I think for the most part, a lot of the damage was done more on the outskirts of the city just because that's where the shield came down and that's where they let all of the creatures in and everything like that. So I think if there's going to be any country that can rebuild quickly, it's definitely going to be Wakanda because we didn't really see too much action happening in the city city portion, except for when they go up to the tower where Shuri and Vision are. True. I think the Russo brothers like school of thought, like bring in Wakanda and, and, and kind of like Black Panther is like, all right, Black Panther just had a movie in February. And while we want, we kind of want uh, Black Panther, he's definitely going to be a big part going forward 
uh, in the MCU, most definitely. Right. I think that they kind of wanted to highlight other other characters first, which was kind of like it was kind of more puzzling me when he like just kind of like was one of the uh, characters that kind of withers away. I'm like, oh right. wow, okay, so like Black Panther's going. So like, are we like elevating like Shuri to Black Panther status right? because she does in the comic. She is yeah. like spoiler. She is like she does obtain like Black Panther comic um, Black Panther powers in the comic. So at first I was like, oh, I'm like Wakanda's like the big set piece, like how convenient. But at the same time, I was kind of like thinking about what you were saying, like with all their technology, Wakanda would be able to rebuild all that in like no time. You know what I mean? Like it's the richest country. Yeah. But then I thought I was like is this like another failure of T'Challa as a king because, you know, he brings all them there and they destroy stuff and they lose so many people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, I think that he was just trying to help, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening because Thanos was a threat to everyone. And, you know, if Wakanda opens their doors, so to speak, to the world and he doesn't help, it's like, how is that going to make him look in comparison to all of these other heroes who, you know, buckled down and were prepared to give everything they had to this fight? Yeah, like I said, like I, like you said, like, I don't think that <laughs> destroying New York again, like, why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've already kind of went through that in the Avengers, like, if, like, half of New York was destroyed. And they still did it a little at the beginning when Thanos first arrives anyway. Yeah, uh, Ebony Maw and, uh, came there and was, like, throwing, like, concrete at everybody and whatnot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) they still did that, and then they took it off-site. But, yeah, like, I don't know, like, Wakanda, now, like, it's like, Shuri and Okoye are gonna have to be you know, like the heads now because the child has gone for the time being. So how is Wakanda going to basically like go on without its king for a while? And like the earth is in devastation because half the planet is gone. So like, it's going to be interesting to see like how Wakanda recovers and what they're going to do because uh, the remaining Avengers are going to need all the help they can get. Yeah, and they gave Okoye another great line when Scarlet Witch finally comes down from the tower when those giant things are just rolling everywhere. And she's like, why was she up there this whole time? (laughs) You know, it's just one of those moments where you're like, yeah, that's very logical. Why was she up there? You could have came down earlier. Like, what's going on? Like, Yeah, she could have been on the ground fighting to start. And then once Shuri was done with the Mind Stone, just go back up there because clearly she can kind of sort of fly with her powers now or she's always been able to do that but i can't explain any science behind it so (laughs) (laughs) i got a question for you so what do you think about star lord and um because i have strong feelings on star lord i think he's a jerk he's an he's an emotional jerk that messed everything up yeah, I totally felt that way when he started basically just screaming at Thanos while Mantis had him sort of under this kind of trance so that they could try and get the gauntlet off of him. And they almost did, too. And then he just goes and ruined that. And when you have Tony Stark telling you to 
be calm. You should probably take that as a hint to be calm. But then again, you know, Peter Quill doesn't know any of these people really because they've sort of existed in this other universe, basically. I mean, not literally, but figuratively, they've been on the, all of these other planets. They've never come across Thor. They've never come across the Avengers. They were sort of in their own little world for for their first two movies, and now they have to figure out how to interact with all of these heroes they've never even seen before. So I get him not really knowing when to listen to someone else, but I think in that very moment, it was a really stupid idea. Yeah, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, they, like, like Peter and Tony are like, we almost have the glove off. Just like, just a couple more minutes, calm down. And he just hits him. And then, like, Thanos is like, what? And then another thing, too. Thanos had four stones at this point. Right. He really got subdued by, like, Mantis, uh, Spider-Man, and Iron Man with four stones. I was like, okay. All right. All right. I understand, like, we have to, like, show, like, a little bit. But, like, Thanos could have just went, like, with the, like, the Mind Stone or the Power Stone or the Reality Stone and just, like, all right, well, I'm done with you guys. But I get it. Well, I think because he didn't have the Mind Stone just yet he probably like couldn't get into Mantis's head enough to keep her from getting into his head is my guess. True. True. But I, I was just like, all right, well, like he had the power stone, like he had yeah. the reality stone. He had enough. <laughs> yeah. He had enough to not let webbing from <laughs> Spider-Man like, Oh, Oh, Oh God, I can't see. And then like, and then Tony goes toe to toe with him, which I, in my, to, he gets a, a planet thrown at him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and a nanotech, nanotech basically um, has Tony survive as long as he could. But um, Star Lord was kind of like the unlikable character in the movie. Like, it starts off when like Gamora's talking about Thor's muscles. He starts to get a little bit uh, like jealous. Like, hey, hey, blah blah blah. What's going on here? Um, and then when they go see the collector. Uh, his apprehension to, to I guess shoot Gamora first, but but Thanos changes that anyway. He takes right. He makes it into a bubble gun. <laughs> so like, but yeah, like that really made me mad. I'm like, dude, like the fate of the world is at stake. I understand. Listen, you love Gamora, but she told you at the be beginning of the movie, like, hey, like, listen. There's something that that has to happen, like in order for Thanos not to complete this damn gauntlet. Um, I'm gonna need you to like really understand this, and he didn't. And like, I'm like, all right, well, thanks, thanks, Peter Quill, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into some final thoughts here? Because I know there are a few things we haven't talked about too much here, and Black Widow is one of them. You know, she doesn't have a super huge role in this movie but you know when she arrives at the avengers compound with cap and falcon and them she sees bruce and you know they have that little awkward moment and falcon happily points out that it's awkward for everyone so you have that moment and then you have her fighting in wakanda basically so she doesn't get 
like Cap, she doesn't get a huge amount of screen time. And, you know, if they are going to do that Black Widow solo film, I think that's okay for her to not be a huge part of this movie. Because I think they will have more of her in Avengers 4, too. Just because, you know, they kind of just left us with the original crew there. Yeah, that was kind of weird to me. Because I'm like, dude, like, Cap, Falcon, uh, Black Widow... Like, they've been gone for a while. We've had movies since then with other characters, and, like, they've been on the run. Like, you saw, like, them, you know, uh, going to the Avengers compound and, like, talking to to General Ross and says, like, arrest them. So, like, they're still on the run. Right. I would have think, I wanted to kind of know a little bit more about, like, like you, they hint at it, like, like, hey, where have you been, like, um, we haven't been, like, staying at, like, you know, like, five stars hotels and stuff like that. But, like, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about them, like, where they've been, what they've been up to, what is, what they've been fighting. Because they've obviously, like, they appeared where, like, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision are. So they're obviously in contact with them. Right. So, like, what have they been doing all this time? Like, where have they been at? Like, that's kind of what I wanted to know a little bit more about the movie. Like, we've... We've been with Thor. We've been with, you know, Guardians a little bit more. Like, let's hear about, like, them and where where they were going. Yeah, and they also very briefly explain that Hawkeye and Ant-Man are on other assignments because of their families. And, you know, being on the Avengers was too hard on them and being, you know, sort of these larger-than-life heroes. But I do think... Both of them are set to be in Avengers 4, so we'll probably get more on that in the next movie. But, you know, I think overall, up until the end, this was a solid movie. Like I said, I still haven't rated it yet. I think I need to sit with it a little more and sort of, you know, obviously this podcast has helped sort out a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm glad, you know, you and I are pretty much on the same page with this, but... It's one of those things where, like you said, so much happened. It's like, I might need a week before, <laughs> you know, I rate this. So by the time everyone is listening to this, maybe I will have rated it. We won't know until that happens. But is there anything else that we didn't bring up just yet before we go into the Avengers 4 speculation some more here? No, like, I, I agree with you. Like, even right now, like, like I'm supposed to write about it. And I, I think I need to go see it again. Because I need to kind of process and carpent just like, whoa, what just happened? There were so many characters and stuff like that that like you're like, all right, little pot line here, blah 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 here, stuff like that. Like it was it was over twenty characters, I think. Yeah. So like I'm just like, I don't even know what to rate it either. Like <laughs> I'm just like like what is like even like okay, so I saw this uh Thursday night. Friday night, and even like while I'm in a group chat with friends, we're we're like raising, you know, what I mean, like we don't, I don't know, dude. Like I need the weekend to kind of sit with this and like figure out what the hell just happened. Like I don't, I don't know. I it just it's one of those movies that like it you kind of just need to kind of parse through. It, it's 
so like I know a lot of people have said like this is like the best MCU movie ever and everybody you know like everybody's gonna have a different opinion about it and I've seen it's interesting because like I've seen different opinions about it both good and bad and that and I don't know like it's just it's it's one of those movies that like for me and I and you've spoken about this too like it's just not like a quick fix like all right this is my conclusion this is what I think about it. Like it's a movie. It's a really like, it's a thinking, it's a thinking movie because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, exactly. Well, because this ties into the next movie, we'll talk about this here now, but for the post credit scene, we get Nick Fury and Maria Hill, and they are also two who turn to Ash. And right at the very end, we see the Captain Marvel logo on Fury's little like, paging device (laughs) that seems very strange for 2018 but it's probably this really secure encryption and you know i believe that captain marvel is set to appear in avengers 4 too but we do get her solo film that's set in the 90s so i'm not entirely sure which movie this post-credit scene is really alluding to because you know we saw thanos a long time ago in a post-credit scene and it didn't pay off until this movie. So I think, you know, that one can go either way because we're in 2018, though. I think it ties into Avengers 4 a lot more than it ties into the movie that's going back to the 90s. So I feel like between what Doctor Strange said and the fact that we will see Captain Marvel, something is going to happen in Avengers 4 that is going to undo all of these characters who turn to ash and everything like that so what do you think you know their solution might be in avengers 4 because i don't really have any ideas because at the end we see thanos just sitting there watching the sunset with a smirk on his face and it's hard to tell what exactly that one outcome was that dr strange predicted so even though this technically isn't supposed to be a part two, they definitely have to touch on what happened in Infinity War. There's no way they can just be like, oh, yeah, we're just moving on without all these people. Well, my first question is, where has, where has Captain Marvel been all this time? <laughs> because like uh, the movie that comes out in 2009, like you mentioned, like it's going to be in the 90s. And now I'm wondering, like, well, Captain Marvel is super powerful. So they're definitely going to need her. The outcome that I'm kind of thinking of is that I may have said this earlier and whatnot. I'm not sure how they're going to get the time stone back, but they're going to have to go back in time and either stop Thanos from getting the infinity gauntlet or going way back in time to stop it, to stop like this from ever happening. But I think in messing with the timeline that, we're going to get everybody back like who who disappeared the the deaths pre uh like pre timeline fix are going to stick so i think right. loki and gamora they're they're gone like that that's it yeah and vision too because you know he has to take the mind stone and that yeah. ends up killing him yeah vision is kaput he's gone but like i think in correcting the timeline, everybody who is currently existing, like Cap, Iron Man, Black Widow, Thor, 
they're going to be the ones that disappear. Uh, I, I know spoilers, but like there's like set there there's like pictures of the set going around, and um, it shows like Captain America pre beard. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they obviously have to go back in time. And I think a lot somebody alluded to like Back to the Future too. Where they go, where they go back and and like try to like fix the timeline. Then, so I think it's going to have to do with time travel. I think we're going to get a little bit more into the cosmic realm. I think that's where um, Marvel is headed. I don't know what's going to go on with this merger, but um, you know, hopefully, like it leads in more into that. Like I would love for like Silver Surfer and maybe Fantastic Four to kind of be. And Adam Warlock to be more of a part in this, but I understand why they why they couldn't. But yeah, it's definitely gonna have to do with time travel because I don't think that the current incarnation of the Avengers is, is, are gonna beat Thanos. Not with not with the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, just ask Hulk about that. He's in hiding within Banner. So yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if vision actually does end up being a permanent death because it certainly felt that way at the end of the movie because it was before thanos snapped his fingers but at the same time if they get the mind stone back and the time stone and go back in time does that mean vision still has the mind stone there's a lot of pieces that they'll have to put together here to sort of fix everything and bring back these characters that we know have a future in the mcu and i a year is a long time to wait, but, you know, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming this summer in June, I believe. June or July. One of those two. It's July. I think July 6th. Okay. Yeah. So we have that coming and then we'll get Captain Marvel, I believe, like a month and a half or two months before Avengers 4. So those two yeah. will be very close together. And I think that's... Also part of the reason why maybe they're choosing to go back to the 90s for Captain Marvel, because then it's like we'll get familiar with her character and everything she is able to do before seeing her in Avengers 4. But it'll definitely be interesting to see how they have this all play out. Oh, yeah. I We have to, with Spider-Man uh, being apparently like, the start of the next big phase of Marvel movies. It's going to be interesting to see how like we send characters off. Like yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans contract is up. And I think he actually, it may be a negotiation tactic, but he said that I think he said he's done after these movies. I'm not sure what Chris Hemsworth is doing. Uh, I know that like his character just kind of just set in stride. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I don't know. I mean, because most of his most of most of his character basically he's just sitting in a chair and kind of like piloting, um, you know, an Iron Man suit, and he he could just show up. You know what I mean? Uh, Black Widow that movie's in production, so I don't know if that's going to be a prequel or not. But you know, maybe Scarlett Johansson isn't done yet. But it's going to be interesting to see these characters off and how we introduce, you know, the new Avengers and like how they're going to take us into like the next phase of Marvel movies. Now we're going to get three a year. So they have a plan. 
yeah, and we'll just have to wait and see if Tony's wedding actually happens or not. <laughs> oh, man, this guy, poor Pepper Potts. Yeah, exactly. Well, MJ, I think we definitely covered a lot here today. So thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. No problem. No problem. Everybody, I'm sure everybody's good. Saw it and and probably going to go see it again. Absolutely. Well, to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.